Good afternoon and welcome to True Dominion Ministries podcast with Latanya and Christopher Stevens. We are talking about love today, but before we even start on that, I would like to apologize for being late, a day late that is, on our podcast because we this is to air on Tuesdays at 12 o'clock and here it is Wednesdays. We do apologize. It's not like we didn't know yesterday was Tuesday, but it did slip our minds and we happen to be doing other things other than what the Lord has commissioned us to do. So on that note, hope that you all can forgive us for that. For those who are dedicated to listening to this podcast and who have been faithful in supporting this podcast, we do apologize. Um, On love today, it's a very touchy subject and I would like to begin, first of all, with Ecclesiastics 3 and 8 and it reads a time to love and a time to hate a time of war and a time of peace and I'll read it again a time to love and a time to hate a time of war and a time of peace and I was as I was reading this I was looking at my um, commentary notes on this in my study bible And it said that our time is God's time. His timing is perfect concerning everything we do. And we are supposed to hate what God hates, which is sin. And being that, it should be our sins being first, our very own sins being first, and how we dishonor God. And so as I read that, I thought about how we are so great at pointing out other people's sins and their wrongs and their faults that we sometimes don't point the finger at ourselves or examine ourselves. And so there is a time to hate because it doesn't, it doesn't read right. When you, when you are reading it in the Bible, it's like, what you mean? It's a time to hate. What is, what is that? God is supposed to be love. What do you mean? Well, we are supposed to hate those things that God hates. Um, and sin, we're not supposed to hate the people that sin, but we are supposed to hate the the sins that they commit and the actions that they do that is not of God. On this morning, as I look at my own sins and I look at the things that I have done, I have said, or I even thought, I sit back and I have to repent for those things because they are not of God and they come against his will for my life as well as his word. And so as we look at ourselves, we don't have to point the fingers at other people and tell them what their sins are and what they're doing wrong and they're not right with God and and so on and so forth. But if we examine ourselves first and we humble ourselves first by pointing the fingers at ourselves, you know, we won't have so much time to look at anybody else and we'll be concerned about getting our life right concerning our relationship with our Father Lord. Also how we dishonor God. We dishonor God and I, and it made me look at how some mornings I might get up in the morning and I might not even say, thank you, Jesus. Soon as I get up in the morning, it might be 10, 20 minutes later. I might not get up for 5am prayer. I might not bless my food before I eat it because I'm so hungry or, or whatever the case may be. It's just certain things that I look at. It may not be the same thing for everybody else, but just the little things that I look at that should be such an impact on my life by now that I should not even take a moment to think that that free moment is my time. Everything according to my life is based on God's timing. When I think about dishonoring God, you know, how we watched that movie on how the lady took the prayer out of the schools and things like that. How did we as a people allow that to happen? You know what I mean? Like, do we have a really, do we really have enough people to stand up for God today? 
do we really have a house of God that just stands up for him no matter what? Are we conditioned to sit back and just watch and say, God will work it out? I can't say that. I can't say that we're conditioned to sit back and watch. And I can't say that there wasn't anyone trying to stop prayer from being taken out of school. I can't say that because mm -hmm. there were. There's always somebody that's willing to, to sacrifice what they got going on for God. There's always somebody that's willing to go against the grain. There's always somebody that's willing to say, no, we shouldn't do that. It's not like people weren't trying to um, stop her from taking prayer out of school. It was not like people were not standing in the gap, so to speak, or were not just deeming it wrong for them to take prayer out of school. That was not the case. The school board just decided, let's make a vote. Everything isn't because everybody is in agreement to it, but it's because it's, it's a, a certain number of people made a decision and they decided to go with it. So it wasn't like nobody was representing God. It wasn't like nobody was just standing up for God. Are you actually finding a fulfillment within him that you know that you need him, or is it that you just went to church and, and decided, oh, okay, I'm going to try this thing? No, I don't think people just go to church and decide they're just going to try God. I, I do not believe that at all. I mean, because I went to church thousands of times before I decided I'm going to try God. You know, mm -hmm. it took a, it took an experience in my life to say, I need God. But you didn't know that it was that it was love that you needed. And that's the one thing that I can honestly say. Everybody in this world want to be loved. Mm-hmm. Everyone, there, there isn't one person on this planet that don't want to be loved. If they say that they don't want to be loved, it's not true. Because we all want to be loved. We all want to be accepted. We all want to be appreciated. We all want to feel some type of attachment to the thing that we call love, the, the unconditional thing we call love. And that's, that's my thing right there. Love is really unconditional. It's not about what somebody can do for you. It's not about any of those things. Well, speaking of that, love is just what it is. Um, the thing that came to me was a story about when Jesus was going to the cross and all of his disciples basically deserted him. But he still told them to meet him in Galilee, all 11 disciples to meet him in Galilee when he arose again. And that, to me, ultimately lets me know that he loved them and as well as he forgave them for deserting him. And so when I think about people who hold grudges or disappointments towards people who are not there or who haven't been there or who did not um, come to their aid or their need at any particular time, I'll have to look at that story and say, well, Jesus forgave his disciples for not being there. And if you think about it, these are the people that he spent three years with training them, teaching them, um, molding them into what they were supposed to do after him. Yes. But even still yet, into them. right. But still yet, they still didn't understand him and they did not understand. They understood to a point where they could see him do what he said he was going to do. But to understand that, look, I'm going to die and then I'm going to come back, <laughs> you know, and then I think that's where they, they, they lost it and was like, wait a minute, hold up. I don't know what you're talking about right now. That ain't never been done before. Yeah, even they struggled with that. Right. But at the same, at the same time, what amazes me is that 
Jesus understood the people that he was imparting into and teaching. They don't understand me in my fullness. So therefore I still have to love them through their misunderstanding of who I am. And I believe when we as people can love people through the things that we don't understand about them is what makes us love them more and for them to understand more at the same time. Because believe it or not, some people will look back and I'm not saying, I don't know who, but there are people who looks back and says, that person was there for me through it all. That person was there for me, you know, when I needed them most. Even though they never went through the things that you went through, did the things that you did, or understood the things that you understood, they were still there. And so when I look at Jesus saying, look, you're still going to meet me at this place at this time when um, I come back and this is what we're going to do. This is what I need to tell you. And for that reason, his love was an action. His love was demonstrated by forgiving the same people that he spent his last three years with for deserting him and leaving him at the pivotal time in his life where they didn't necessarily experience it to the extent that he had. I find that to be the greatest love of all. And because he can love his disciples through it all, I know that he loves me and I know that he forgives me for what I've done. And there was a time when I deserted him. There was a time when I left. There was a time when I thought that, you know what? I can't be a part of this. I can't, I can't do this. This is too much. It's too hard. You know, it's, it's times when I want to give up and I'm not talking about a long time ago. I'm talking about recently, even concerning this podcast. And so with the truth be told, it's so easy for us to just say, you know, I don't want this anymore. I'm not going to do it God's way anymore. This is not working the way that I wanted it to. Let me try it my way. And then when you come back to yourself and you realize this ain't about you, baby, this ain't, this ain't about you. It's not about what you can do. It's about what I do through you. And I love you enough. This is what I brought you into this world for. This is what I created you for. And this is what you will do. And when we get the understanding that we are as individuals are valued by God, because everything he created, he values. And because we are valued by him and he wants to use us in many different ways. Everybody is not meant for the pulpit. Everybody is not meant for a TBN or, you know, to be nationally known. And that's okay. But whatever he created us for as individuals shows us that he loves us for who we are and what he created us to do. Speaking of which, I'm going to come from 1 Corinthians, the 13th verse. And I'm going to read down maybe through the ninth verse, from the first to the ninth. And it reads, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanking cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. I give all I possess to the poor, and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast. But do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails. 
that lets me know that love isn't partial. And love is what you give even if it's not reciprocated. Love is not a tit for tat. It isn't because of what you do for me. For me, love is something I give regardless of if I get it back or if I receive anything from it. When Jesus went to the cross, he did not do it because he benefited from it. He did it so that we would benefit from his sufferings. Love is not idle. Love is an action word. Regardless of having faith that moves mountains, prophesying, having a word of knowledge that depicts the mysteries of the truth. If you do not lie, if you do not have love, you miss it. Jesus did nothing on the account of making his name great, but he did it on the account of, I love you. Let me help you. Move on past this point in every situation you've endured in your life. Of course, every situation you endured that you let God in. He said, let me help you resolve this situation so you can live again. Not only am I compassionate, but my love reaches farther than a man-made device, farther than any thought. He lets us know that his love has no boundaries, that it's infinite. And the only way you don't know love is because you reject him. But even in your darkest moment, the Lord says, I will never leave or forsake you. I will be with you always until the ends of the earth. That just lets me know that I make mistakes. I don't always do the right thing. I don't always do exactly what God says and how he says do it. But if I can repent and if I can come to the realization that I'm going to resolve this and I'm going to turn away from that, that his love still abides in me and his love is still with me, that he will never leave me. Even in my darkest moment, even when I go into a place that I know I'm not supposed to be, even when I'm doing things that I know I'm not supposed to be doing. There are people in the world right now that are doing things that they know they shouldn't be doing. They are saying things that they know they shouldn't be saying, but yet it's still God is still with us. He has never left us. He has never turned his back on us. Even in our darkest hour, even when we made the worst mistakes that we could ever make, he still allowed us to live. He still allows the chance to get it right. It's, his love still abides in us. And with us and he wants us to turn back to him he said he wished that no man would perish but we will all come into the knowledge of christ and that we will all go into heaven he would never turn his back on us he always wants greater for us but then that leads to the question do we want greater for ourselves what are we willing to give up for god what are we willing to turn our back on for god what are we willing to do and not only to make god happy but what are we doing to assure that we satisfy what he's called us to do. Love is a very powerful word. It's not to be taken lightly. Love is something that a lot of men and women do not know how to give. It's something that people cannot completely and fully articulate with words. It's something that is, is felt. It's something that is shown. It's something that is seen. It's something that is received. It's something that only a pure heart can give. True love. It's what Jesus was when he rose from the grave. It's what he did for us so that we would have a chance at eternal life. He gave of himself so that we could have. He was in poverty so that we could richly live. Everything he did, he did it for preservation of man. He did it for the uplifting of man. He did it so that we could. Love is the, God called this the greatest commandment of all. It is. And we should walk in love every chance that we get. We understand that there are some people who don't love. We understand that there are people who are bitter, who are confused, who are angry, who are filled with rage. But if we take the time to show each other love, rather than pity, rather than ignoring them, rather than just dismissing where they are at that moment, if we just take the time to show each other love, 
And it's, it's far more than just saying, I love you or I'm there for you. It is an action. It is something that they have to see in order to believe it. And on that note, we're going to end the podcast today and say God bless and love someone today. Have a blessed day.